0: Hello and welcome to In The Loop, a podcast working in cooperation with Suffolk Votes and Suffolk University's Center for Community Engagement. The views and opinions expressed on In The Loop do not reflect the opinions of Suffolk University, the Center for Community Engagement, or Suffolk Votes. I'm Cam Sweeney. And I'm Andrew Gomes. This week, Biden delivers his State of the Union Address, the Massachusetts State Legislature finally settles two contested races the U.S. reaches its debt limit, classified documents are found in President Biden's home in the 2024
1: elections see early action. And to recap some of the news that we've missed over the break, the House of Representatives, after 15 ballots, finally elected a Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy. And this is quite significant, as the last time the Speaker's election took more than one ballot was 100 years ago in 1923. Also, two hotly contested state legislature races here in Massachusetts are settled. A unique feature of the Massachusetts government is that the state legislature can decide whether or not to seat legislators, regardless of the election results. Two races came under scrutiny during the 2022 elections for the Massachusetts General Court, the 1st Middlesex District and the 2nd Essex District. In the 1st Middlesex District, the House declared Democrat Margaret Scarsdale the winner against Republican Andrew Shepard. Scarsdale had just a seven-vote lead after a recount. The other contested race for the 2nd Essex District was just resolved earlier today. Following a recount, Democrat Kristen Kastner led incumbent Representative Lenny Mira by just one vote. The Massachusetts State House decided to seat Kastner just one week ago, on February 1st. Prior to this, Mira challenged his loss in court, asking a judge to review at least two ballots, which he claimed were incorrectly ruled as blank ballots rather than votes for him. A Superior Court judge later dismissed the suit and an appellate court judge rejected Mirror's request for an injunction.
0: Moving now to much more recent news, uh, President Biden delivered his State of the Union address last night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, This was the first State of the Union address delivered to a Republican-controlled House of Representatives since 2018. Uh, And I think this was a pretty good speech for Biden overall. He touched upon a lot of different policy goals. He talked about higher pay for teachers, abortion rights, an assault weapon ban, police reform, a ban on junk fees from airlines, hotels, uh, tax on billionaires, action on the climate crisis, and a lot of other legislative priorities and goals. And this was a really important speech for Biden. Uh, He gave the speech, one with the backdrop of Republican-controlled House, um, but also in an instance where many Democrats aren't enthusiastic about him running in 2024, Uh, his polling was around 40, 45%. Um, and so the speech was really important for him to get right. And I think he did. A a lot of pundits have been saying that this, uh, this state of the union has kind of served as a precursor for what his reelection campaign is going to be like. And I think he did pretty well. He, he stayed on message. He was about as energetic as Joe Biden gets for the speech, um, I mean, he also got a moment in his speech where he got the entire Republican caucus, Kevin McCarthy, to stand up and applaud, um, getting them on the record for saying that they do not plan on slashing Social Security and Medicare. Um, All in all, I think it was a really good night for Biden, especially heading into 2024. In his speech last night, we also saw him definitely make an attempt to create uh, a more bipartisan tone. He attempt to take things down uh, to kind of de-escalate the rhetoric with Speaker McCarthy. Uh, and a lot of this is, I think, due to the fact that the United States has approached its debt limit. We did um, on January 19th, forcing the Treasury to take uh, what they call extraordinary measures, which we'll talk about in a bit. And um, And both um, President Biden and Speaker McCarthy know that they're going to need to work together to hammer out an agreement for the debt limit. Um, It's coming up. Congress is going to need to act on it. And we're actively watching how this unfolds. Uh, But to rewind a bit, what is the debt limit? Um, The U.S., as many of you know, borrows massive amounts of money in order to pay its bills. Um, Things like military salaries, government programs like Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, as well as paying interest for existing national debt, uh, the United States needs to borrow money to do this. The United States also uniquely has a debt limit. This is a self-imposed limit on how much money, how much debt the U.S. can take on, uh, and Congress is required to lift that debt, uh, to lift that limit rather by passing a bill with a simple majority in the House and the Senate.
2: So what would happen if the U.S. defaulted on its loans? Once we hit the cap, which we did on the 19th of January, the Department of the Treasury begins utilizing extraordinary measures. Essentially, the Treasury Department exchanges different types of debt and shifts around money to pay for bills as long as possible. Eventually, however, there won't be enough money left to shift around, and the United States will either need to borrow more money or default on its debt, and the current estimate for this is June of this year. As for what will happen, nobody knows for sure. The U.S. has never defaulted on its debt before. Still, many economists and analysts warn that such a scenario would be devastating for the economy and could cause a global financial crisis. So, it'll be very interesting to see how this plays out. The current situation is that House Republicans, who control the House representatives, have vowed to oppose any increase in the debt limit without accompanying spending cuts, and the Biden White House has publicly stated that they aren't going to negotiate any spending cuts, although President Biden and Speaker McCarthy plan to meet to discuss how to raise the debt limit
0: regardless. Moving now to what seems to be this new trend in U.S. politics, um, stowing classified documents uh, where they don't belong. Um, so so these past weeks, uh, classified documents have been found in Biden's Delaware home. They've been found um, Trump's and Pence's They're all over the place, um, focusing more specifically on President Biden, since that's what's been in the news most recently. Uh, This timeline goes back to early November of last year when President Biden's lawyers uh, reported finding a small number of documents um, in his home, which they reported to the National Archives that day. Later in December, a second set of classified documents were found in the garage of his house in Wilmington, Delaware, um, and last month in January, five pages of classified documents had been found in the storage room uh, adjacent to his garage. Most recently, though, the Justice Department investigators have seized more than half a dozen additional documents during a search of his Delaware home. This is really hugely politically damaging to President Biden. Um, like we mentioned earlier, he appeared to be gearing up for a reelection bid prior to this news breaking. Um, President Biden is making the team that they acted responsibly, they cooperated with the Department of Justice, and they reported these documents to the National Archives as soon as they were found. Um, but still the optics of this are bad. This discovery clearly hurts Biden, especially after, um, he so harshly reprimanded former president Trump for, um, stowing classified documents in Mar-a-Lago. And there are of course differences. Biden has reported being fully cooperative. Trump, not so much. He delayed responding to the national archives, repeated requests, and then failed to fully comply with the subpoena. Still, like I said, the optics, the politics of this situation clearly has a negative impact on Biden.
2: Okay, so looking to races in 2024, it is now almost certain that President Biden will be making the announcement that he will be running for re-election shortly after his State of the Union address sometime later in February or next month. Um, Republican Nikki Haley, former ambassador for the U.N. under Trump and governor of South Carolina, is said to announce her candidacy for president on February 15th in Charleston, South Carolina. And this is a huge shift from before when Haley previously stated that she would not challenge former President Trump. Democratic Representative Ruben Gallagher, a progressive, announces 2024 Senate bid in Arizona challenging Kristen Sinema. Senator Sinema left the Democratic Party in December of 2022 and has consistently been a more moderate member of the Democratic Caucus. Should Senator Sinema run for re-election, it would likely set the stage for a three-way race between Sinema, Gallego, and whomever the Republican Party nominates in an already competitive state.
1: Finally, moving to international news. The United States and Germany have pledged to send tanks to Ukraine during their ongoing conflict with Russia. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken met with the Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu this Monday amid a new surge of Israeli-Palestinian violence and unrest with Israel's new right-wing government. Secretary Blinken also expressed concerns over the Israeli government's proposed judicial changes, which would give the government more control over appointing judges while weakening the power of the Supreme Court. The U.S. Air Force shot down a Chinese high-altitude surveillance balloon this past Saturday, February 4th. The balloon, which was being used by the Chinese government in an attempt to surveil strategic sites in the continental United States, was brought down above U.S. territorial waters. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin said in a statement, U.S. officials had first detected the balloon and its payload on January 28th when it entered U.S. airspace over the Aleutian Islands the Secretary of Defense had also called China's stunt an unacceptable violation of our sovereignty. Thanks for listening, and be sure to visit us at itlpodcast.com for more information and a complete list of where you can listen. And also be sure to follow us at Suffolk Votes on Instagram. Thank you, and we hope you tune in next week.